Hello, my name is Nikhil Agarwal. I am the sports director at KVRX as well as the host of the Orange Cow Show. This interview is part of a series that my producer Mary Orms and I recorded, interviewing each of the campaigns running for UT Student Government Executive Alliance. Now, if you're like me, it's hard to keep up with the ins and outs of student government while attending classes, working a full-time job, or having student orgs to participate in. Until recently, I didn't even know the full extent of what student government did, so I asked my friend Nikita Talang to give me a quick rundown of the way it works, the scope of their power, and some of the resolutions they passed. Now, if you already know all this information, you've heard this piece in another interview, or just want to hear the damn candidates, you can skip the interview using the timestamp provided in the description. All right, here's what Nikita told me. Basically, student government at UT works like real-life U.S. government. There are three branches, with the executive branch being what these candidates are running for. They have an executive board that overlooks agencies, communications, and meets with the administration. There are 28 agencies, and you might have heard of some of them before, like the Women's Resources Agency, Diversity and Inclusion, or Disability Inclusion. Sherwalk actually started off as an SG agency and still might be one. The legislative branch is what all the other candidates are running for. They're called assembly members, and they are representatives that pass legislation. Some of this legislation involved working with Lyft to get the nighttime rides. They signed off on statements after the Kavanaugh protests last year that supported the survivors, things like that. Passing legislation is actually a big deal because if it gets signed off by the student body president, it goes all the way up to the desk of our university president, Jay Hartzell. The judicial branch comes in the most during this time of the year, during elections, to oversee them because there are a lot of rules and if the campaigns break them, they might be disqualified. In essence, student government has the power to do a lot if they get it right. They made the Student Activities Center, they got the PCL to be 24-7, they started Sherwalk, and so much more. When Nikita and I were freshmen, student government got the Confederate statues removed off campus as well. Of course, since it's run by students, student government can also be unproductive or not taken as seriously as it should. We made this series to allow y'all to really hear and get to know the candidates that you'll be voting for, the individuals who will represent you to the administration and set the platform for the school this year. You can hear all the Alliance candidates talk on this Orange Cow podcast feed, each appearing in separate episodes. And this is just me talking, but I highly encourage y'all to listen to not just the candidates that you plan on voting for, but all the others as well. You may change your vote, you might find an issue that you didn't even know you were passionate about, or know what you don't want from your leaders. Anyway, that's enough for me. I hope you enjoy this interview. Stay tuned. Okay, hello. Um, as a part of our series on the Student Government Alliance elections, I have Dwight and Dominique who are running for student government president and vice president here to tell us a little bit more about their platform. Hello, thank you for coming. Hi, thank hey. you so much. My name is Dwight. And I'm Dominique. Thank you so much for having us. Absolutely. Okay. So we basically just wanted to give you some time to kind of elaborate on your platform, maybe tell us what's most important to you, um, introduce yourselves, and yeah, tell our listeners what you want them to know about you. Of course. Um, so I guess we can get started with how we met and eventually, you know, started running this process of running together for president and vice president. Um, so it all started about a year ago after the uh, whole Black Lives Matter movement and the protests were happening all around the United States. 
um, specifically in Austin, it was kind of inspiring to see the way that the students were kind of getting together and um, just creating a sense of community and togetherness to all fight for the same issue to, you know, um, really spread the word that Black Lives Matter. Uh, so after seeing that happen, I was just completely, completely inspired. And I was just um, thinking that the best way that, um, that to, like to bring students together and the best way to kind of fight for what we wanna fight for is by creating that sense of community and creating that sense of togetherness. Um, and then we realized like, there's a lot of disconnect between the student government now um, and the students that it's supposed to represent. So our plan is to create a new student government to fix that problem and um, you know, to try to bring that community together. So um, we wanna create a completely transparent student government that is a reflection of every community and identity on campus. And you know, we wanna start doing that by earning back the trust of the students that student government is supposed to represent and solving the big issue of accessibility on campus. And then, um, yeah, we can talk about some more of the specifics about what we're gonna do in a second. And um, <clears throat> excuse me, my apologies. And as Dwight mentioned, seeing uh, us come together, both not just as students, but as people marching at the Capitol when like the whole Black Lives Matter movement, realize that voices together matter. And when you see something, say something. And so being on campus for long, we have experience seeing things that work really well and things that can be improved and fixed, like accessibility to resources, having more lights on this campus, and more affordable housing, different things. And so seeing that there is change and knowing we can help steer us in the right direction, make more accessible options for students in terms of resources um, is the main uh, reason why we are, are running today and why we're excited to be here for you guys. Yeah, I definitely, this sounds like a great platform and I definitely understand the idea of like trying to take the momentum of like student activism and move it into the student government. And especially now when like, social justice issues and like issues of accessibility are like really at the forefront of a lot of student thought. Um, I think it can be like, it's a really wise thing to bring it into um, the student government platform. Speaking of like things that are um, kind of big in the news right now, as far as like student, um, I don't know, student concerns. Um, do you guys have a unified platform on the like eyes of Texas issue? If you don't, it's okay. But if you do, what is it? So this, this, the Eyes of Texas issue is something that was um, actually just recently brought to my attention specifically. Um, I heard something about it whenever I was a freshman, but I didn't really think that much of it because I thought it was just, um, you know, something that was going around. I didn't really understand the context behind what that song really meant. Um, but now there's been a lot of um, student backlash to the administration saying that they want the Eyes of Texas song to be changed. So um, I, I think that the first thing that we should do is to listen to that concern and to find out why that's a concern and tend to make um, steps to remedy that issue. I think it's because it's already so driven by the students. It's something that inevitably will come whether any of our other um, people running against, even if they were to get elected, it's still something I think what they could easily accomplish. It's like when we first had like the statues, students were upset about it. And because students were upset about it, people started putting plans into motions to remove it. And so because students, it's like, a, I've been aware that the eyes of taxes and races, like the moment I came on campus, someone told me, I was just like, oh, I had no idea, how interesting. 
And so hearing it and like hearing it multiple times, and it's like something that's been repeated in every year since I've been on campus, it's gotten louder. And so realizing that it is a true concern, it's affecting the students at UT and communicating that to the people like, you know, the Board of Regents and the people in charge to convince them to change it. Yeah, I think it's really important. And especially like talking about um, having a more unified campus, like one that feels more together and people feel like they're a part of the community. Because I know like, at least for me, UT is so huge that it's it's pretty intimidating to like jump into and then immediately feel like, oh, I belong here. Especially if like there's something about your identity or where you came from that like you don't really feel like you belong. Um, so kind of on that wave, this, okay, this is not a campaign promise and like you have no expectations to fix this, but um, I think a lot of people can agree that orientation at UT is like not a great experience. So like, let's just say that you have like magic wand, you can do anything you want. What is something you would introduce to orientation just to make it better, like just from a like student perspective? <laughs> um, so I would, I think being more apparent about like the history of UT, uh, I don't know, but maybe it's just me. I'm very curious about the history of UT and Austin and how like they influenced each other and it affects the city we live in now. And so it is like learning, like when I first came to campus, like I remember at my orientation, I learned about the eyes of Texas, like being a racist song, but I heard it from like a student. But if I was told that by like the university, like this happened here, it was bad, we acknowledge it. That's why we changed it and we're moving forward. And so implementing more structure and knowledge about like the social aspects of our campus and the history of that, instead of just like the achievements we have on ranking and like our colleges, while that's great, also including that social aspect. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's exactly like Dom just said. Um, I think the, the problem that a lot of students have about UT is that UT kind of paints its racist background and traditions in a way that is UT tradition and tries to disguise all the underlying, um, all the underlying hate and racism behind the song, for example, some of the statues that were on campus in, in a way that's like, um, this is tradition. So uh, exactly like Dom was saying, it should be rather to educate them on the history of what happened instead of kind of disguising it as a, oh, this is just something that's been happening for years, you know, alumni and current students love it, so let's just keep it. It's like, at that point, no, because students are starting to figure out the truth about what's happening. So it's going to come out one way or the other. So it needs to be addressed. Absolutely, I think that's a, I think it's a really great thought. Um, you know, UT, like we're saying, is so big and like has so much influence on the students, obviously, that go here, um, and just as the like on the state as a whole. But everyone, definitely, UT has the opportunity to make the university their own, make their experience their own. Um, I'll start with Dwight. What is one like hidden gem at UT that you found that you just like love and cling on to, whether it's like a place or a club or somewhere to eat or whatever? Um, well, honestly, I would just have to plug one of the organizations that I'm a part of right now. It's called Texas Mock Trial. Um, you probably heard us talk about that a lot of times before, but um, I think I think that's the great thing about student organizations actually is that there are a lot of student organizations on campus and there's definitely one for you to find and you know really have a great time in um for me that was texas my child uh ever since i started being a part of that organization it just really kind of helped me develop and kind of made me into the person that i am today i would have just never thought that i would be in the position that i am right now and a lot of the skills that i that i have right now and that i've been earning um, since my time on campus has been attributed to uh, Texas Mock Trial. 
Yeah, that's like one of mine, but I'm not going to say the same thing because I'm also in Texas mock trial. I think for me, one of my favorite things on campus is like, okay, so I'm an engineering major and we have the EERC and when you go inside, it's so like open and big and they have these little like, this little like area, it's like almost like a floating room and you can like see outside and you can sit down and study. And every time I'm there, it just makes me like one miss being in person. Um, but every time I'm there, I feel like I'm in that building. You always see someone you know. It's so big. It's so open. It's so relaxing. And I remember when I first came to campus, that building wasn't done. And when it was completed, I took like a tour where I saw like the HVAC systems and we saw the roof and we saw the cooling towers. And like, that's like my major. And so when I saw that, it was just like, wow, I'm literally seeing my major on campus in my classes. It was just like an amazing feeling. No, that's so cool. I love that. I'm, I'm a history major and um, I feel that same feeling inside the UT tower, like inside of the, like the big reading rooms, like the big halls, mm-hmm. like just has a feeling of feeling like so historical. <laughs> but I know what you mean. I know what you mean. It's a great feeling. And um, I feel really lucky to have found my place like that. It sounds like you guys have yours too. Um Cool. So I kind of wanted to move into some questions that are more like focused on you and like kind of just like your personality and, you know, let our listeners kind of get to know you on some surface level. So I will ask you, I will ask Dominique, I'll ask you first, do you say pecan or do you say pecan? Okay. It's pecan pie, but pecans. Nuanced. <laughs> That's the answer to this question. Okay. Very controversial. Um, so for me, you know, pecans don't really oh look at that. It's pecan apparently, but I was gonna say pecans <laughs> don't really come up in my life. So I don't really have a specific way of saying it. I kind of just um say it according to how other people say it, but I guess pecan is the way I say it because I thought the people pleaser. Wait, that is yeah. so- <laughs> Okay, and then arguably one of the most important questions to our listeners, as we are KVRX affiliated, um, what is your favorite album? Um, Dwight, you can go first. What's your favorite album? Wait, like my favorite like music album? On the spot. <laughs> oh my goodness, that is a loaded question. Um, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Um, I think one of my favorite albums has to be... Okay, I don't remember the name of it, and I'm so sorry, but it's Sam Smith's album. I think it's called, um, it, it, it was named after one of his songs. Like, it was it was something. I literally can't remember. But that album is phenomenal. <laughs> it has, like, a black and white cover on it. Um, and yeah. it's, it's one of my favorite artists ever. He's just one, mm. They're just one of my favorite artists ever. Yeah, so that's cool. Tom? Okay, I would have to say... Okay, I was really thinking about it and I'm trying to figure out what's the, okay, it is probably Blonde by Frank Ocean. Oh, that's a beautiful album. Yeah, like I said, um, I'm really glad that no one is asking me that question because especially on the spot, like, I don't know, there are too many, too much, too much good music out there, but at least you listen to music. I think our, our listeners would be really freaked out if you were like, well, I don't listen to music. Yeah. <laughs> So I actually found the album name. It's called The Thrill of It All. Oh, oh, that's a good album. That's a sad album. It just, you know, when you're feeling those sad feelings. You're both sad albums. Well, I guess you're prepared. prepared. (laughs) 
It's okay. Okay. Um, tell me about the last thing that made you laugh. Why don't you go first? Um, oh my goodness. Um, oh, oh my goodness. Uh, so I think the last thing that made me laugh was just my dog. Um, I was like trying to, you know, use the, use the bathroom and she just does this thing where she just does not want to leave me alone. And she would just follow me around all the time. So when I was using the bathroom, she literally like tried to hop in the tub beside me and like ended up falling like on the floor. But <laughs> yeah, that kind of, that, that was the last thing that made me laugh. <laughs> That's funny. I would laugh. <laughs> um, I guess for me, I want to say probably, I think my mom, I literally, my mom just came to Austin randomly and she was like, oh my God, I'm in the area. Let me say hi. And she literally came, said hi and left. I was just like, wow. <laughs> Thanks mom. It was just so funny to me. No, um, actually my mom did that exact same thing like two days ago. Maybe they're in cahoots. All the moms. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Definitely. Oh my gosh. Okay. Um, Oh yeah. So, okay. Being at UT, living in this area, we know Guadalupe, Guad, the drag. We love it, but it is not a good place for the restaurant to, to come in and stay. Um, so which, which restaurant or business, whatever on Guadalupe of their closings, which made you the saddest? Me personally, mm. was the Taco Bell Cantina. <laughs> the Taco Bell Cantina was such a move. And I only got to go there like twice and then it closed. Do you have one, Dwight? Um, I think, okay, so there's a restaurant that closed, but it's not on Guad, but it made me, it just, it actually broke my heart. It was called Friedman's. It was just the best barbecue place that I've ever eaten in my entire life. Like I've really just never had barbecue that delicious before. Um, but that's not necessarily in Guad. But the one that's on Guad that I really miss is called Mujo's like that ice cream place. I just, you know, there are a lot of ice cream places in Austin, but I think Mujo's just hit a bit differently. And um, a A B C D, I mean, TTBY just does not do that anymore. Like, you know, it doesn't hit the same. It's frozen yogurt. Exactly. Amy's doesn't really hit the same. So yeah, it's a loss that I will never recover from. <laughs> do you have one? I feel like you keep taking mine's way. I feel like <laughs> I would probably say the subway though, because I know it's, I kind of crave subway sometimes, but it's so far from campus. I don't even know where the nearest subway is, you know? Mm. It's true. Subway for the people, sub sandwich for the people. <laughs> um, okay. Let me see what other fun questions do I have? Okay. I'll, I'll let each of you do one of these fill in the blanks. So um, who wants to go first? I'll make Dwight go first. Okay. If I lose <laughs> student government election the first meal i'll eat after hearing the news is the first meal that i will eat after hearing the news is why probably... you listen to sam smith yeah <laughs> um i i think the the first thing that i'll probably eat is probably like um you know some whataburger it's a classic you know late nights you just that's a great time to just sit there and think about yourself think about life <laughs> yeah okay don this one's for you when I win the student government election, the first initiative my team and I will push will be? The first one we will push will be to increase um, probably funding and resources for UT Outposts. Mm. Yeah, UT Outposts is a great organization that I feel like a lot of people don't know about. Um, yeah. yeah, so what do you, like, what would you like to see at UT Outposts or uh, UT Outposts 
um, kind of expand on? Um, it'd be nice if they had not just, you know, food options, but personal hygiene options. If there was uh, maybe a delivery service, especially because of COVID, some people don't have access and they don't trust public transportation or um, even just having an easier interface like with a website. Like right now, if you wanna get a suit, you have to go in person, like COVID. So just being a way to put your measurements on the website and just getting a suit, just making it more accessible and easier to access and known to like the everyday student would be like our, some of our main things I think to target. Yeah, I think this is a, a really great idea. Well, we're kind of starting to run out of time. And um, I think I've asked all the questions that I want answered. So I thought I would ask you um, if there's anything you wish I asked you or <clears throat> if you just had something else you wanted to talk on. Um, yeah, I basically just wanted to give you the next like two-ish minutes to go nuts and tell my people what you want them to know. Of course. Um, so yeah, we just had some uh, other platform points that we think would be great for them to hear. So um, yeah, so the three pillars of our platform are based on accessibility, inclusivity, and making sure that you, the students are heard. So um, to address accessibility, uh, it's just as Dom said, you know, we wanna increase the types of resources and the number of resources given out at UT Outposts. And um, we also wanna establish that delivery service, but not only to tackle the students' physical health, we also wanna tackle their mental health as well. So with that, we also want to expand and kind of create a reallocation system for um, the appointments that are given out at uh, CMHC. So for students who might not necessarily use their appointments, um, all their appointments, they can put that into a type of system that gives those unused appointments to students who would um, otherwise rather need them and uh, have already used theirs up. You know, there's like this big pot that they can pull from and get those extra appointments from. Um, and then on that same topic, we also want to increase the diversity of counselors at CMHC, because when it comes to different issues that students are facing, um, many, many studies have shown that students are more receptive whenever they're speaking to someone who they feel uh, can really understand their background and can really understand like who they are as a person. Um, so yeah, that, that's like the other main one that we really want to talk about. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, and not only do I touch a lot of our, our tangible things that we want to change, but we also want to just overall improve the culture of UT, make it more inclusive and inviting for everyone, making sure that every student feels welcome, included, and safe, and protected by UT. Um, and that's one, just hearing more and listening to the students, making sure that we are transparent and clear with our goals, and keeping them up to date with what we plan to do and what we have done. Absolutely. Well, thank you guys so much for coming on. I wish you the best of luck, but I've wished everybody really good luck. So yeah, take yeah. it with a grain of salt. But thank you so much for coming. Um, yeah, have a great weekend. Of course. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having us. Absolutely.